stand together. I'm going to read from the Gospel of Matthew. I thank the Lord in spite of my voice that he gave me one more chance to preach in Apostolic Tabernacle. And uh, I want to read uh, a familiar intro to Matthew 24. In other words, the very first couple of verses so thank you for standing thank you for sitting and standing again and so on but let's let's read a little bit in uh, Matthew 24 and Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple and Jesus said unto them see ye not all these things verily I say unto you there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. My message today is entitled, There is Still Time. Could you put your Bibles down and uh, let's pray that God will help hearts to prepare themselves for the coming of the Lord. Could we just lift our hearts and ask God to anoint his word right now? Father, I thank you for every life, every heart that's here. I pray that unapologetically that we will preach the word and the truth and humbly stand before you, O God, and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that this place will be filled with the glory of God and that our abilities and our uh, preaching will not be in the forefront, but that your glory will be in the forefront. And you, Lord, and we give you praise. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated. My title, as I have said today, is There is Still Time. Now, I say this very, very sincerely, and I say it as a message from the Holy Ghost. And I read uh, from Matthew 24 again. If you would like to uh, hold your Bible open, that's fine. They often put the scripture behind me, so that's good. Jesus went out and departed from the temple. That is, they were leaving the temple, and they were impressed by it all. And the disciples came to him, and they were... For to show here is simply another way of saying they were looking at, they were pointing out. And there's a reason that this type of word is used here because Jesus is getting ready to point something out to them. They begin to point out the temple. They're quite impressed. And, and of course, here, what's interesting is that Jesus knew every building. He was as much Jewish as they were. He had been to the temple as, as often as they had ever been. And so you, what I'm trying to do is draw our attention to the context of exactly what this moment was producing and why it is so critical in the Gospel of Matthew. And we see it repeated in Mark and, uh, and uh, Luke, but not John. We see it in each one of those. So they were departing the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him, they were ooing and eyeing over the temple. They were saying, look at that. I mean, wow. And it was magnificent. And Jesus then said unto them, See ye not all these things, or if we want to rephrase it, look at all of this. Can you not see what is here? It's a way of drawing, okay, we've been talking about it. Now I want you to look at it a little bit differently. 
There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now that was an instant shock, obviously, because their little parade had just been rained on because they were so impressed with all that was going on about them and, and there was nothing wrong with their interest in the buildings. Jesus himself had spoke of it often and therefore that cannot be the point. And Jesus said, now I want you to look again. There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. This is quite a bewildering prophecy in Jewish Jerusalem. To be right in the middle of the temple and whichever point I'm going to have to assume they were exiting the, the main gate and, and, and uh, there's quite a bit of research about that and I, I don't intend to go there. But what an awe-inspiring place it was. And Jesus then introduces to them the reality that it was going to be completely destroyed. And not one thing would be left. In other words, there would not only will it be destroyed, not only will there be a, the prophecy of the destruction of the temple, but so much so that not one stone shall be left upon another. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, so we've now jumped, see one, just put a period and then we jump to another entire place. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, where he often taught, Overlooking it all. The disciples came unto him privately saying. It was very much on their, on their minds. They had been mulling this in their hearts. My, my, my. So the temple itself is going to be swept away in the events that are about to take place. And they said, tell us. When shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? Everyone say the sign. And of course then we have two chapters. So the sign was multiple. It was listed over and over and over. But yet it's singular here. What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. They knew that when the temple is gone and all of these events take place, that we would be at the end of time. And here today in an apostolic church, worshiping and praising God, feeling the presence of the Lord, we are living this morning in the light of world headlines, which are stunning many, many Americans and Europeans and people all over the world. In fact, our president had to uh, step away from meetings because suddenly with the time change between here and Paris and all that was going on, I am moved today by the Holy Ghost to do very much what our international leaders were doing in their own way, but not, not from the standpoint of the gospel, but to try to look at these events and say, what is it all about? What are you talking about? And so I am preaching today concerning the answer that the Lord gave to them at the Mount of Olives. When shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? 
So he gave them an answer, and he has given us an answer. And uh, we are, we're, folks, we're Pentecostal around here. We're not the slightest bit interested in what kind of suit you've got on or what kind. I mean, thank God you've got what you've got. But what is most important today is that we recognize the value of the spirit of the living God in our lives. I was at the university. I've got a couple graduate degrees and someone said, oh, I can't believe you're one of those holy rollers. They were just, in their mind, all holy rollers were just whatever. They couldn't imagine that they were going to meet one in a university setting and so forth and so on. I want to tell you, friend, the devil is a liar and he has done all he has done and his mission is is going to fail. I am here to preach to you today that there is still time. The devil is false and God is right. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is real. Someone said, I don't understand all that Pentecostal stuff. Well, maybe you don't, but what's important is that we are living, listen, listen to me. You listen to this preacher. This generation is as troubled They're as troubled as they can be. We're living in a world. I'm quite, Lord, forgive me for this. I'm I'm I'm, I'm so stirred that I'm going to say things I know that I uh, I won't look over here because Sister French, I don't want to see how she's looking at me. But I'm very, very convinced as I heard our president's remarks that he was deeply troubled. Now you say, now you're reading this, I'm reading into it. And as I looked at him, I was walking through uh, a certain corridor and, and there was ever people were gathered everywhere and people, some were biting their nails and, and I saw the angst on people's faces and, and I, and my own soul, I cried out, Lord, what is it? What? And I thought the very same thing I'm feeling, everybody around me is feeling. What in the world is going on? There were people of every faith, every denomination, Christian, non-Christian. We got tons of people in America that, that never go to church, don't think about God. But they were having the same response. What is going on? And I could see that. You can judge it and then erase it from the tape. I don't care. I could see that same expression on the face of our leaders. I saw it in the eyes. You say, well, you mean you can read things in the eyes of the president? Mm-hmm. Yep. I could sense in his eyes. It was almost as though I could relate that he was saying, what in this world is going on? Now, he never said it. I'm putting words in his mouth. But I will tell you today that anybody with any sense at all is pounding the the desk and they're wondering what is wrong with our world and I will tell you what is wrong time is running out we don't have much longer God is getting ready to wrap up history everything is coming to that place of which Jesus described you say but brother French I don't even believe in it well that's why I'm preaching you you need to start believing in it you say well I just thought dingbats and idiots believed in things like that and I thought it was supposed to be fun and I don't want to miss too much of life well I would suggest to you that you look at 
the time. I would love to preach to the church about this, but the Holy Ghost won't let me. I've tried. I've told the Lord, Lord, I want to preach that to the church. And he said, no, no, you, you, you don't worry about it. You preach this to the hungry soul because they are everywhere. Now, we are very close, I believe, to the time of the return of the Lord. That is discussed here in many, many places uh, someone, someone asked me one time because uh, they, they felt I knew Bible and so on. And they said, well, how much is there in the Bible about the Jesus coming at the end of time? I said, well, here's how it shakes up uh, percentage wise. OK, you can take the Bible, go through and, and take every verse in the Bible. And if you do, you find that one quarter of the entire Bible or one uh, 25% of all the verses, that's what I'm referring to, not all the words, but all the verses in the Bible, mention something about Jesus coming again and prophecy and the end of time. Now, you listen to me. I, I, I'm, I'm going to preach this. You might as well. You're going to sit and hear it. You might as well enjoy it. There is no other subject in all of the Bible, including the blood. Now, some are going to take uh, umbrage. They're not going to like what I'm saying. There is no other doctrine in all of the Bible that takes and consumes as much time as does the continual return to the teaching that the world will end and Jesus will come and certain events will take place over and over and over it is. But today in our world and with its current headlines and with all that has transpired, there is still time. You have time. And what more do we need than opportunity? Someone said, well, I need to have fun and I need uh, to get my degree and I need to uh, do this and do that. They have things they want to do. And I understand that. Of course they do. But I remind you that soon the trumpet of God is going to sound. And the church, which is the bride of Christ, is to be raptured. The word raptured is a Latin word that means translated. The Bible literally says that the church is going to be translated. That's why we say raptured instead, because the word is actually translated. It, it, it's like this. You see them. And then in a twinkling of an eye, which we mean that that's how you might measure the time frame. I'm looking at them, and if I just blink my eye, then they're gone. Literally, millions of people, not only the living, but the dead. The dead in Christ are going to rise from the grave. Someone said, Brother French, what are you preaching? I am preaching today the word of Almighty God. It is time for us to get ready. 
Jesus Christ. We don't need to worry. No, you listen to me. It is not a bother who gets elected or doesn't get elected. What matters is are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? I'm, these folks are getting the... Sorry about that. I don't normally do that. Not a lot. I only do it every couple days. But I'm sorry. This Did I scare anybody here? All right. I'm sorry. About that. Oh, my goodness. I woke up there and I said, oh, my goodness. I'm you go a vote. I hope you vote. And I hope you uh, exercise your political rights. And, and I hope that all the things that are of value to you become important. But that pales. It becomes as insignificant in light of the church's soon disappearance from this world. <laughs> and I'm here to preach to you today. If I have to say it with tears, if I have to say it and wipe my brow, I'm here to tell you there is still time. You have opportunity. You're going to remember this preacher. You're going to say, "Who? What is that preacher? Who does he think he is?" I'm gonna, I'm gonna prophesy. I'm gonna prophesy here today. God is getting ready to open those doors, and hungry hearts are gonna march into this sanctuary because they are wondering. What am I to do? Come on, saints, let's praise him a little bit. What am I to do? What am I to do, Lord? So, I preach not too far from the, the uh, arena where... The recent terrorists, of course, we don't have to go to Paris to talk about where we are. And some of you don't, I'm making you uncomfortable. And I do, I do feel uh, deeply sorrowful that, that I have to make you feel uncomfortable. But I refuse to miss the opportunity to preach the truth and to preach the unction of God's spirit. I refuse to do it. I preach not far. <laughs> I'm going to be obvious. I'm emotional. I'm trying to not be emotional. But we have a very large church right there. You know this. And, uh, and those lives, I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm belaboring it. I'm trying to be sensitive. I'm trying to hurry on. But, but I, can, I can guarantee you just as, as many of us the day after the... Uh, World Trade Center towers were hit by those jets filled with 
people. And then the fire began to burn and he actually went to its very core and those buildings tumbled and and then the, I'm not going to remember this well, but uh, then hit the Pentagon and, and then one of them crashed in Pennsylvania. That's the best memory I have of the, of the account. But I know that for weeks I would speak to people everywhere <laughs> and even now, but and they were still living in a, a state of stunned uh, disbelief of what had happened. And so it is that our French, and I, I, I don't uh, mean to just single out our apostolic people there, but I, I, I'm trying to make a point that, that uh, there they are, many of them. I haven't got any word. I, I'm assuming that none of our people were uh, injured or in the midst of the targeting but those French citizens today, including the president who was himself setting in the very, uh, what would that be called where they play soccer? Stadium. The very, <laughs> the very, could someone preach this for me? The very stadium where they were killing. I heard one lady speaking, of course, French, and they were interpreting, and she was weeping. <laughs> and... Uh, Telling of how she, uh, I, uh, I've got to be, I'm be very careful here, but she began to tell of how they ran and people all around. She began to describe it in French, and they were interpreting and and uh, how she climbed into a space in a little area. She ran out of the, uh, and now I can't remember what building it was. It wasn't the stadium, but but uh, and and all the the time they could hear people and all the she described it all and. And uh, I could just, and then they were mentioning how, and I won't attempt to pronounce our, the French president's name because I'm not, I just simply don't recall how to pronounce it right. But uh, then they begin to realize that they had slipped in and this young lady was not far from where they were actually grabbing people. And she, then they begin to run and, and all the rest of it. And the events and the horror of that moment, you say, well, Brother French, what, what, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to link this in some way to the events of the end time? Yes, I am. I'm trying to link the horrors of our generation with exactly the spirit of the end of time. There are several things that Jesus said here that I'm, and, and I'm not going to be long. I, I want to, I want to be clear. I don't want to just be, go fast and run around and, and scare people. I actually want to say what's on my heart this morning. And that is, there is still time for you. There is still time. Now, would you consider with me some important keys that point in this illustration that I am using, that is the, the angst within the hearts of people as well as one other. I'm going to look at only two. I'm going to say it that way so you don't think I, I could preach all day and, and, and if that makes you nervous. I don't want you to really believe that. I'm not going to be long. But we are near. There is a very 
short window, I believe, between right now and when there will be no more time. As far as I can tell, we are so close that nobody could even determine with a clock the amount of time that's actually left. I doubt anybody could. Someone said, well, Brother French, uh, what about this and prophecy? And so, okay, fine, okay, that's good, let's talk about it. But the fact of the matter is that we are so very close that I cannot leave this pulpit today. I cannot look at our world and not tell you that Jesus is coming and that you need to be ready for his coming. Jesus refers to it very, very emphatically and, and uh, it's almost hard to preach from it because it is so filled. And I, I wrestled. I did not want to use Matthew 24. I tried not to use it. And I told the Lord that we need positive. We believe in how do we look at a world that is about to end itself and then still have the powerful word of faith that can change a sinner into a brand new creature. And I am telling you the answer is that the Holy Ghost is in this place. This is not emotion, although there's plenty of emotion, and, there, and that's okay. I'm, of course, there's emotion, but I'm not referring to the emotion. I'm referring to the power of the Spirit that is moving in this house today. Why is it here? It is here because Jesus is getting us ready for a great day. Now, first of all, there is a new world threat. It is new. And it is startling. It is affecting elections. It is affecting nations. It is affecting each one of us. And this new threat that shakes nations is not an army of tanks. It's not a military strategy. It is, in fact, a religious force that attacks innocent, Shocking, non-military, non-soldier targets. It's considered uncivilized. If I heard the word uncivilized once, I heard it from the president. I heard it in France. I've heard it every single day since the events in Paris a few hours ago. And this new threat that is symbolized in the World Trade Center Children in coffee shops. I'm trying to, I'm being as careful as I can here, saints. A soccer game or a concert. Are these battlefields? Of course they're not. What they show us is that things are quickly changing. So much so that people are caught off guard. Suddenly what used to be normal and things, for example, I'll never forget just a little while back hearing an entire organized governmental uh, uh, con, uh, meeting, whatever it was, had a name, can't remember the name, but there were all these governments and they announced war is over. The proliferation of nuclear arms, we have come to an agreement. 
And I'll never forget, I put my head down. And I said, Lord, how sad that we actually think if we come together as heads of nations and we get an agreement, okay, you, you take your weapons and put them over there and, and then you disarm these and, and then only keep so many and so on. That everything, we've come, someone said we've come to a new age and they were exactly right. We entered a brand new age in which the rules had changed to such an extent that our world and our world leaders are stupefied. Here we are facing the end of time and suddenly they are stunned by the new enemy. They don't even know what, how do we do, what do we do, how do we do? We are in a world, my friend, I want to tell you that this is the time period in which God has allowed you to be able to wake up and say, oh my goodness, oh my, what is, and you have opportunity in those moments, I don't know how long. You say, when could it be? I'll tell you how close I think it is. I'm not sure about tonight's service. That's how close I think it is. I don't know. We're gonna, we plan to be here. But if you come and service is supposed to be starting at 6.30 and nobody's here. And I hope nobody is here. If the Lord comes, I hope nobody's here. But that's how close I believe it is. I believe, someone said, well, do you think it could be 100 years? I don't know. I do not know. I am not predicting timetables. We had a hypothetical. How close do you think it might possibly be? I'm not so sure about tonight's service. The Lord is coming. And all of the events about us, and there is something else, something very interesting. Jesus as he pointed out all the amazing surprises of the end time that we didn't even get to. I'm going to read it. I'm getting very close here. Look at verse 12. If you have your Bibles, you might want to grab it or you can just uh, accept my reading of it or the, uh, what's overhead here. And because Jesus said here, the only one I'm going to refer to, I'm going to refer to it because the Holy Ghost is requiring it. And because iniquity shall abound. You say there's always been evil. Yes, but you say there's always been. Yes, I know. I know. That's not the problem. There's always been evil. There's always been war. There's always been folks. There's always been uh, insane uh, governments and so on. That's not the point. The point is that in the very last days, they shall abound. They are going to take center stage and are doing so in our world. And that is in itself giving us time. That is sin will be promoted in the end time. You will see it. It will be elevated. It will be accepted. And righteousness will be mocked. And iniquity abounding. Institutions held sacred by every culture to ever exist on the face of the earth. You listen to this preacher. Institutions like marriage that have never been shaken by human and civil government are no longer sacred in just the click of your fingers because we are living in a new day when the Bible can be mocked and held down. And of course, nobody can stop the Bible. What I'm trying to tell you is that Jesus said, look at it. Take a look at it. Because iniquity shall abound. 
it impacts you, it impacts me, it impacts our children, it impacts our churches, it impacts everybody, sinner, everybody. Everybody's impacted. They don't, it's not just Christians and it's not just religious. It's not just this one or that one. Everybody is affected by it. And here it is. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And therefore, I am preaching this by the authority of the Holy Ghost. And I'm using an illustration of Matthew 24 and 12. And I have just read it, the love of many. So I'm going to use a parallel. So please go with me and give me just a moment, just one more moment. The love of many shall wax cold. Now I feel like the Holy Ghost is moving right now at Apostolic Tabernacle. We see the hearts of a generation that are swept up into the me, me, give me your tennis shoes, I'm going to blow your brains out world. Eat, drink, and be merry. It's a mentality that comes directly from Matthew 24. It is one of the greatest signs of the end in which we can tweet and post and text away, but we cannot even look anybody in the eye. But it cannot, all of the social Uh, coolness in the world. I'm trying to be careful. I don't want anybody to get too mad at me here. It cannot open the heart of the neediest of us all. No tweeting and no Facebooking. Is that a word, Brother French? Help me out. Is that Facebooking a word? I, I was hearing how many billions, do you know the number, that use Facebook? That's why they're the biggest company in the world. They, they just went over. I, I don't remember. Look, look that. Help me remember. I don't even know where to find it. I heard it. I was like go, running and the, I heard it announced. It was like a CNN thing. I was running by and, and they said the Facebook had just gone over and it was something billion. Something billion. And I'd also just passed a poster that said how many minutes before someone else gets AIDS and is dying from AIDS all over the world. The last number I saw was 40 million people on the brink of death because of AIDS. And someone's out there tweeting and playing like the world is just in a telephone. But what I'm, okay, I, I know you're mad at me. I'm trying to tell you that all that is happening about us, what we are seeing, all of these things that Folks are trying to give us answers. And maybe if I, you know, they forget the phone here. You know, now we got phones this big. Hello, how are you? Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, yeah, I'll tell her. Yeah, Aunt Susie. Mm-hmm, bye. And uh, I said, I had a guy at the airport. And, and if he hears this sermon, oh, forgive me. I, I'm not making fun of you. I never did ask your name. You were pretty nice. He had the biggest phone on earth. And I said, you get the award. I said, let me borrow that. Hello? All right, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, tell, tell Uncle Joe. Okay, bye. Uh, and, uh, and, and so that's fine. Listen, if I get a phone bigger than, I'm trying to, I, I can't get much bigger than I've been doing. I, and if you have one, that's not my point. I know you're having a hard time following me. I'm trying to tell you that all of the Facebooking and all of the posting. They were talking about how many people were posting their fears. <laughs> and I thought, thank you. okay, that's good. 
You say you're preaching it. No, I'm not preaching against it. I'm trying to tell you that we're in an age where people are looking for, if they got to use their thumbs, they're going to use it. They're going to try to find a way to get find an answer. I'm telling you the answer is that there's still time for you to get right with your God. There's still a chance for you. Another movie, another thrill cannot save you. Escaping into a world of social media or denial or headphones. You know, that's the biggest thing now. Hey, could you take your headphones off just for a second? Huh? 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 I know the airport. I understand that. Sometimes I take headphones. Headsets just so I can kind of block the world. I'm not. I'm, I'm just trying to tell you that folks are are going inward. Certainly understand it. They don't even know if they, you know, if they go to an airport. There are people at the airport sitting next to me. We're literally petrified, and and I I don't. I, Lord forgive me. I want, Lord, I got to end this sermon. I'm trying to tell you that I, I'm sitting there next to folks, and they're like, uh, oh my goodness, I I, I wish I'd have canceled this thing. And I wanted something in my soul. That's why I couldn't wait to get in this pulpit. I wanted—I knew I'd be arrested, but and I, I don't didn't want to be arrested. But I just wanted to get up and say, "Okay, everybody, get around here. We're going to pray you all through to the Holy Ghost right here." That's the answer right now. No, I'm. That is the answer. People turning to God. Finding the truth changes them forever. So a few days ago, hundreds of Parisians are wounded or killed just hours ago, really. We hold memories, for example, of New York and the planes and 9-11. I think the most grim memory for me is seeing People up there jumping off. (laughs) I'll never get that out of my mind. From a toppling inferno. Literally, it was about to come down. And people, the only hope was maybe if they jumped some way, it was just unbelievable. And someone says, why, 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 why? And the thousands and thousands of innocent lives. Listen to the description of these attackers from impacting to me when I heard it. I, I was like, what what did, what did they say? As they were shouting and they were playing little clips of it and, and uh, some had their cameras and different things and there was a, they were playing the clips in the street and all that was all the hundreds of people. They were running as fast as they could run and, and then I heard it for the first time as these attackers who had uh, been shouting nervously as it were and and uh, the, those that saw them repeatedly mentioned that as they would get up close and they assumed they were next and they looked into their eyes and into their faces, the word was cold and calculated. Cold and calculated. Now, Psychologically, that's almost impossible because every one of these men 
I think the number was seven that actually killed themselves, had strapped to their bodies explosive devices that did, in fact, detonate. Because that was the plan. They would blow themselves up. And yet, when they looked into their eyes as they were killing their loved ones, Folks, you were looking. Now, you listen to me. You were looking into the face of the end time generation. When you saw, or they saw, or they said they saw, coldness and emptiness and calculation, that's the spirit of the end time. In Paris, these representatives of this new enemy strapped explosives around themselves, fully intending to be caught to demonstrate the cold finality of their savagery and so to remind us that we are living in the last day. You say, but I remember Hitler, Brother French. You say, I remember another atrocity. Yes, I understand. I am telling you that when you see the coldness in the hearts of this generation, you are looking at the coldness of the last day. And Jesus offers you the power to overcome it so that no force and nothing in this world can keep you from the fiery presence of a mighty God. Would you stand with me today? I want us to pray a special prayer. Time to believe in God is still here. There is time. Something more important. There's evil in this final hour. But there's something else. Something more important than all other things. There is time. Time to turn your heart from sin to the Savior. There's still time. And I wonder today I'm going to do something I rarely do. I pray that I'm taking the right step because I, I don't ever want to embarrass anyone. But I want you to bow your heads. There's still time. You can begin a process that will turn your world completely inside out. No drugs, no alcohol, no force, no chains can hold you back because there's a power that is greater than any chain that holds you. Now let's, let's close our eyes. Please, please, please give some folks a chance to break through here today. I wonder if someone would step out from where you are and come and join me in this altar. We're just going to stand and pray. You can pray any way you want. We won't force you to pray a certain way. We may get excited, but you feel a special unction. That's it. Keep coming. I feel led of God to give you a chance to step out from where you are. Take this moment and say, I'm just going to take that moment and I'm going to break away from the spirit of the world. I'm going to break away from my coldness. You say, Brother French, I never really feel God I'm giving you an opportunity to break away from the coldness of your spirit and your background and all the troubles that you have and just step out and I promise you you will begin to enter the very presence of a glorious and wonderful Jesus 
as you step into this altar. That's it. We're all going to come. But I just feel, I feel to do it. I'm, I'm afraid to even look myself. But it's, it's, this altar's filling up. Someone else is saying, I just need to pray. I just need to pray. Now I want to do something else. There's somebody here today that you need, you're praying for a loved one that you are almost certain is going to miss the Lord and I want you to step out right now there's still time for them I feel like God is giving us a chance today to pray maybe you have a son or a daughter somebody a, a mom a dad somebody you're praying for maybe a co-worker a neighbor somebody come on and you're going to step out I pray today that you will feel the very fires of the spirit that will draw you away from a generation that says hey hey it doesn't make any difference to the very presence of God that says God can make all of the difference praise God that's it bring them I want you to bring them just like you were bringing uh, your luggage or something I just want you to walk up here with it by faith beautiful that's beautiful oh I feel the Lord here now they're going to sing I wonder if we could lift our hands all across the building saints of God if you could reach toward these let's reach out right now and let's pray hallelujah oh Lord Oh, Jesus. That's it. By faith, Lord, I bring them to you. Lord, I bring them.